It's the Redirect Podcast. Search industry research, discussion, and analysis from the Black Truck Media and Marketing Headquarters. And now, redirecting you to the Black Truck Team. Welcome to this episode of the Redirect Podcast. Uh, today, I am joined by uh, none other than Derek DeVries. Derek, new team member to the Black Truck Media and Marketing Group. Uh, and I, myself, Jason Dodge, the founder and CEO of the company. And Derek, uh, you've come on board as, as a digital strategist uh, with us, but uh, really your background is 20 plus years of digital marketing communications um, especially in the realm of PR, so public relations. And really on this episode, I think what we really want to dive into and discuss is what, what is SEO's role in PR and maybe the convergence of those two, if, if you will. I mean, I think it's something you and I have, have probably discussed it at great lengths amongst many others of how those two really work well together. Um, and they have in the past. And, but I think more importantly, those two are going to work, uh, close, uh, closer, uh, they might be more closely aligned than we actually, um, you know, kind of realize. So I'll give you an opportunity to kind of bring, uh, bring our listeners up to speed with uh, a little bit of your background and then let's, uh, let's chat about PR and SEO. Yeah. Thanks, Jason. It's an honor to be here. Uh, you know, uh, for people that don't know us, uh, we've known each other for a long time, so it's, Really gratifying and uh, and and exciting to have an opportunity to work uh, with. You know, it's always great to work with some of your favorite people. So I'm um, excited to be here, and the Black Truck team is fantastic. Um, I you know I couldn't imagine a better place to to be. Um, so yeah, my my background. Um, I've worked for agencies large and small. Uh, I worked in higher ed for over a decade, uh, which has its own interesting sort of peculiarities, um, but certainly every job that I've had has been with an agency that was foremost a public relations agency. Um, they may have had other specialties that they dipped into, but particularly when I was getting started, you know, back in the year 2000, which seems like forever <laughs> ago. Do you still have some uh, AOL discs? Oh yeah. I'm sure they're rolling around there somewhere. They're probably all scratched up though. That must for be a sure, problem. For sure. um, but uh, the PR was sort of a natural starting point for digital and, and especially areas of digital like SEO and like uh, social media. So oftentimes that's how public relations and particularly public relations firms position themselves was that, that naturally fit because public relations is a discipline about uh, at its core about relationship building. And what is more about relationship building than SEO um, and, and to that end uh, social media. Uh, so that, that's been an, an interesting ride and it's been interesting to see. I mean, when I started, we were still faxing press releases to, uh, to news outlets, to reporters. Uh, that's obviously taken some change, you know, made, there's been, been some upgrades since then. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been, a, it's been an, interesting, um, um, an interesting thing to watch um, and to see SEO grow into its own right as a discipline mm -hmm. and how, how it's taken over the world in terms of, um, everything, everything. Well, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we all, I mean, we all grab our, our devices, you know, I've, I've 
talked countless times, not just with our team, but uh, also elsewhere, you know, that, that Google is so much more than a search engine, right? Google themselves in their own regard is an answer engine. We, we go there to uh, seek um, answers to our questions, uh, solutions for our problems, that type of thing. And I think that's the, the role of PR and communications is always trying to help tell that story. And, and I've even, I've even joked uh, when I've spoken at universities is that um, weirdly enough, I think SEO is more closely related to communications, to PR, if you will, if, because we're going to lump PR into communications mm-hmm. um, for the sake of this conversation. And I think a lot of it has to do with that. Um, yes, there has to be a strategy behind it. We have to understand the intent, but it's all about the people. It's all about the audience, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's the the that's the core. I mean, that's the core of public relations and the core of search is understanding your audience and their goals and motivations and where uh, the uh, the connection is between what you are doing and what uh, they need. True. Very true. I. Often I think SEOs, especially if you're maybe new to the world of search, it's it's very, very easy to get caught up in. And, and I think we all do this. We all get caught up into trying to really understand what is it that people are searching for when we, we often don't take enough time to really understand why uh, people are searching for something to begin with. Is that is that an area that... PR or digital comms really helps? And is it more from the research perspective or what's your, what's your take on that? I think so, because I think part of being a good uh, public relations practitioner is understanding the environment and understanding the larger sort of context to everything. And oftentimes the, when you're most successful at positioning a brand or a product or a service, it's because you understand that it's something that the consumer may not know they need yet, or it may not be something for which there is a category yet that, that exists. And so that means you have to sort of understand those intrinsic motivations of people. And I mean, you know, to its, to the earliest practitioners, a lot of them came out of psychology, uh, oh, yeah. the earliest, you know, in the history of public relations. So there's certainly something to be said for understanding something sometimes better than the audience does itself uh, and, and being able to shape your communications efforts uh, and your campaigns in that way. Um, you know, and, and accordingly, there's, there's a great opportunity for give and take between PR and, and SEO. Mm-hmm. Um, SEO, by the virtue of all the research that has to be done to, to do it effectively, means it's a great resource for uh, informing whether it's messaging, whether it's audit audience selection, whether it's any number of aspects of any given PR campaign. And they're, and they're now inseparable. I mean, you know, at any, I mean, I, I would be hard pressed to think of any campaign where the SEO wasn't a consideration um, in every campaign we did. Well, and yeah, and and I think at a good at a good PR firm, right? Let's let's put it that way. Right. At a good PR firm, there you're at least thinking about it uh, to some to some degree. Maybe not to the to the level that uh, I mean others are, but because there definitely are there there definitely is the approach of PR when it comes to creating content. We're just creating content to create content, and yeah, it's it, we don't really think about it from uh, we think about it from the audience directive, but we don't think about it from the how are we taking search into account? Or 
we're developing content to strictly, you know, the flip side of that, the inverse is I'm creating content strictly to rank, but it has nothing to do with my audience and the types of people that I really want to attract. Right. Um, and, and making sure that, that those two are, are blended really, really well, because um, that's kind of a natural segue that I see in, in the, in the last, you know, 18 years of my career is that PR was traditionally, um, press releases, media relations, news, you know, news outlets and things like that. And we can, we can say that traditionally it's still, that's still very, very relevant. Mm -hmm. However, we also know that just generating a press release doesn't build notoriety. It doesn't generate links, at least not the types of links probably that we would want. Um, so what's the, what's the value in that? And then as we see PR firms kind of migrate over into what we've traditionally known as content marketing, um, can you maybe talk a little bit about that, how they may or may not be doing it well? Oh, yeah. And I'm not calling anybody out. I'm just no, saying, no. I think it's... there's people that do content really well. And then there's people mm -hmm. that think they do content really well. Well, and there are people that do content really well and don't go the extra measures that need to be, you know, don't take the extra measures to make sure that it will perform well in search sure. or that it will add to uh, something other than, um, you know, a good looking um, annual report or something like that. So I there's agree. there's definitely across the board room for uh, uh, growth in the sophistication with which, because intuitively, you know, the general public, I think, or particularly the people that work in business or work in communications, they have a basic knowledge of SEO, but they don't know how to operationalize it. They don't really know how to uh, help take it into account in a way that's meaningful. They know that content has value. They know that, uh, you know, search engines assign priority um, and that the value of a, a good rank in search is immeasurable for the amount of attention a client can get, but they don't really know they can't, they have trouble connecting the dots there and they have trouble uh, bringing those things together. That's really funny that you even mentioned that um, uh, Google IO was this week, uh, virtual again. And um, John Mueller, which is uh, right, the Google search liaison now, John spoke on, um, uh, you know, what's changed in search. And it's a total deep dive into the development side I'll, for this conversation. I'll, I'll spare the details there. That's for another blog post. But um, but really, he gave a good overview of like, hey, what is SEO? Um, and there's there's a really great video series out there on how search works and, and things like that. I highly encourage people to watch it. But, um, you know, really, he made a good statement, which makes us in search all feel good. It's like, hey, this isn't like, this isn't black magic. Right. If you if you if you listen to the first two minutes of this of this video piece, you'll learn like, no, it's not black magic, but it's also not easy. Right. It's but I would also say too, um, PR is not easy either. Good right. doing good PR of the, the number of conferences that I've been to in both attendance and speaking. Anytime somebody is on the stage talking about link building, let's say. I'll tell you what it really comes down to. What it all boils down to is that person has a PR background. That person is using somewhere, somehow their relationships, their social currency, their, you know, their savviness to be able to understand the people, understand a publication or a site or whomever, and get that brand injected into that conversation. 
it's, it's, it's rarely, and those are the most, I'm talking, those are the most genuine and the, the best case studies and the best data and the ones that grow to, I hate the term viral status, but those are the, you know, they tend to come from people with a PR and communications background. Yeah. They, I think there's a natural fit. They intuitively understand that there are, I mean, it, it gets to the concept of uh, authority and, and uh, you know, they know who has authority mm -hmm. uh, intuitively and they, uh, and, and also from years of, of learning, they know that trade publications or, you know, whatever, and it depends on the audience, but they know who has that authority. And then it's about building the relationships to be able to uh, interact and, and, and uh, access that authority. Cause you're sort of, you know, you're, you're, you're making a, it's a, it's a give and take. It's, it's not purely transactional. You're, you're, you know, uh, looking to build trust and to build a relationship so that you have the opportunity to um, access that authority. Um, and kind of particularly uh, recently, it's been a trend for some time, but when we talk about um, PR adopting digital practices and, adop and, under and understanding its SEO, it's becoming more important faster that PR uh, practitioners grow their uh, level of savvy with SEO because you look at, there's a lot of like huge environmental factors that are impacting everything about communications and, and you don't have to, you know, you, I mean, look at the news, they're talking about Twitter on the news almost every night that somebody said something, but it's uh, a matter of, first of all, the, the economics of it. So uh, the number of news outlets um, has shrunk considerably and the number of reporters in circulation. The last study that I saw was, you know, something like six to one uh, PR practitioners or available PR jobs to journalist jobs. Hmm. Um, newsroom employment dropped 23% since 2008 alone. And so this uh, the pan and that was before the pandemic. That was before mm -hmm, there was a mm -hmm. bunch of there was another round of cuts during the pandemic. So one of the challenges that PR pros are facing is that there are fewer journalists to cover fewer beats, um, and there's less available space to earn media coverage and to build those relationships. On the other hand, there's another challenge that news outlets don't have the credibility they used to in the in the 70s. Oh, you know, Gallup would poll uh, people about how much they trust the news media, and it was in you know high 60s. 70%. Now it's around 40%. And, you know, part of that is there's been a concerted effort by some parties to deliberately undermine the news. But the, the, the end result is that the old ways of doing things and the traditional ways of looking for authority uh, need to change because there's not as much available space. So it's harder to pitch. And if you talk to any PR pro, they'll tell you it's harder and harder to pitch. Some of those stories that used to be givens that mm -hmm. your relationship with a, with a journalist would, you know, they would certainly cover whatever topic this was. And of course it had to be newsworthy, yeah. um, but those opportunities are, are drying up just because there aren't available uh, staff to, to tell them. And the other challenge is the, the crunch in journalism has hit mid-career and older professionals the hardest they've been they because they have the larger salaries they're the first ones to be let go hmm. so a lot of times newsrooms are staffed with younger greener reporters that don't have they haven't been on uh you know the uh let's say mobility beat for mm -hmm. years mm -hmm. so that they understand the nuances or you know let's say you had uh something complicated like insurance or, or legal services to communicate about there are fewer people that understand that well enough to communicate about it so on the whole, that's pushed brands to have to be more active in their own storytelling and also to seek alternative sources of authority, 
which is how you get brand journalism and content marketing. And that's how you get influencer marketing, which has become huge because it may be, you know, particularly for some audiences that they are not, I mean, I always ask, whenever I teach, I ask students, you know, how many read a newspaper, even if it's online, mm. how many people watch TV news, how many people listen to the radio, oddly enough, radio listenership tends to be the highest, but on the whole, even though these are students in the communications field, they are not yet daily consumers of traditional news outlets. And so the path to access them is elsewhere. Yeah. So would you say means, that's, a, that's just an age thing? Is that a generational? I mean, I think I read more now at this age than I, you know, news wise. I mean, I think it's partially generational, but I, I certainly think that it, it's, and the, the studies would reflect that it's gone down. I mean, news, news consumption has gone down. Um, and to the extent that it does exist, it's through third parties, it's through blogs, it's through social media platforms. So there's another filter applied to it. Um, but also, you know, where credibility exists isn't, you know, take, for example, uh, lifestyle and beauty. Um, it used to be that the magazines were, that was it, you hmm. know, your L, your mm -hmm. glamour, your whatever, yep. whatever you needed to find out about trends in, uh, you know, makeup or uh, fashion or whatever it was, that's been exploded. I mean, magazine subscribership, um, you know, has declined uh, precipitously and, you know, those, those outlets have digital properties, but there's a much larger share now that's among influencers. Mm -hmm. Maybe that for your particular product, somebody on TikTok has a far larger reach and more credibility with their audience than a big, uh, you know, you know, banner uh, of a magazine. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. That's a good. <laughs> yeah. I think that the evolution of that, where, where SEO we could say is, uh, or has matured, right? Most, mm -hmm. uh, I talked to some people and they say, oh, well, it's, that's easier because SEO has matured. When we talk about what um, what services are uh, maybe easier to communicate and things like that from a, a digital perspective, I, I will still disagree that SEO is an easy thing to oh, yeah. um, not not necessarily from an execution and strategy side, but from a explaining, getting uh, gaining that buy in and things like that because it is so intangible versus. PR in a traditional sense of, Hey, we've got X share of voice, or we've got this many, uh, you know, uh, the, the viewership of, of this type of televised, uh, broadcasts, uh, you know, all, all the different, all the different metrics that can come into that. And, and we, we definitely have some of those in our tool toolkit, right. For SEO, but mm -hmm. it's still a little bit different. Um, and, and as these, you know, these traditional marketing communications, items evolve, the professional has to evolve as well. And, and I think you're, I think you're spot on with it, and especially in the, in the world of journalism, you know, right. I mean, I, I would think that any, any PR pro right now who's pitching a story, I mean, well, you always should be very uh, ready for whatever you send them gets run. Um, so don't, don't say anything in there. Or don't word it in the fashion that you don't want it to come across. But the other thing too is, um, uh, you feed it to them in a way that they can copy and paste it and run with it. To your point, uh, fewer and fewer journalists covering maybe both things televised as well as online, you know, they're repurposing. I mean, journalism right now is all about repurposing content across many channels. You want to make that story, whatever you're sharing with them, the easiest and most palatable to break up and to chunk up and to use across um, all their channels. 
Yeah. And that's, that in itself is a, is a sign of how much the profession has changed because it used to be anathema to use um, anything that was provided by a PR person or a company. Um, even if you took, went out to the facility and took exactly the same photo, it had to be a, a you know, local newspaper photographer to do that. They wouldn't use yours. Hmm. And over the years, as staff has declined, uh, they have been forced to um, use more content from, uh, from that's supplied to them by companies or by brands or by yeah. PR pros. Um, and the, it's kind of funny because the way like a press release, they're still written, they're still published, but even in the way that PR people use them, they're not you, they're not actually used. They're sort of the best way to think about them is like a central organizing document where all of the facts and information are. And as you well know, they are the worst form of content to publish about a topic. Yeah. Um, they're written for a very specialized audience that is not necessarily, it's sort of an audience that's a filter to the audience you're trying to reach. So there's a mismatch there. Um, they're, they're, they have all these bizarre conventions that especially now as authenticity is so important in communications, they just come off as silly. Like mm -hmm. the way that quotes are included in there, you know, we're excited that our, you know, <laughs> new product, uh, our new widget has 33% more bearings or something like that. Yep. Um, they're just, they, nothing about them would be appealing to the end user. And so they're helpful to kind of get the client and, and the marketing team aligned. Um, but then from there, usually PR people are the pitch that goes to each individual reporter. And because it is relational and because it is about understanding your audience, and that includes an audience of one that's a reporter, they're, they're customizing the pitches. It's an email, it's a tweet in some cases or a direct message, depending mm -hmm. on how good their relationship is. That's how they prefer to receive them. And they also need to understand uh, that each journalist, the, the take on the story is going to be different. Um, and that's going to also help if you can help them maybe envision a way to cover the story in their beat. Um, that's going to, like you said, make it easier for them by helping frame it for them, by helping supply them with the assets and the, and the components of it that are interesting to them. Because invariably in any press release, there are 10 different stories. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Are, you know, dozens of different audiences that might exist for those different stories. And to do thing, to do communication effectively, you need to, to the extent that it's, you know, viable in terms of resources and time, tell those stories to those audiences in a format that's appealing to them. And that could be across social media, that could be across uh, blog posts, that could be across, uh, you know, con uh, uh, native advertising, uh, all sorts of places. Um, it, but you don't want a cookie cutter approach. You need to, you know, just like you would for anything else in, in search, uh, write it for the audience, write it for the, uh, the intent. So as, uh, okay. So next, next item <laughs> as, as search has much evolved and our tools evolve and, and, and our databases that we pull, pull information from, et cetera, evolve. It, why and, and PR has evolved and and the content that is being pitched and the stories that are being spoken about, etc. Why is it that things such as PR Newswire and stuff that you know those type of aggregators, why do they still exist? Do they still have a place in the market? And and who's using them? I mean, from a from an SEO professional's perspective, it's it's very easy for me to step back with my non, my non PR mm -hmm. uh, lens on and go, yeah, that's not really building a link, right? Like you're, you're pitching a story, but you're not, yeah, that's not, that's not really outreach. 
Um, but Jason, so, isn't that wire release building hundreds oh, of links? No, authority? no, it's building the PR newswire link <laughs> that everybody else is getting. That's actually something I wanted to ask. So if you publish something on a wire service, the odds are the wire service will get it out faster than you will. And it will be more likely to be indexed in search. So are you, and then if you went and posted that same press release on your website, I mean, you're losing, you're going to lose out to the, to the newswire version every time, aren't you? In search. Yeah. In, I mean, in, in just, just to some degree um, to, yeah. for the subject matter, probably for the brand. Right. Eh, Obviously not for the brand. Possibly. Right. But, but I think that um, it, yeah, not to mention we can get into the whole duplication of content thing and right. why and and then the whole argument over do you even need to have press releases on your site, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, who goes there if you're even sending them things? Because if a journalist is coming to your site based off of a press release, I, I hope to hell you're actually providing them with additional detail on the site versus just the press release again. Right. So right. Um, yeah, I was just, I'm I'm just I'm I'm curious why things like PR Newswire still exist. I mean, we we know Haro help a reporter sure. out exists, and that's more the inverse of PR Newswire, right? It's right. somebody right. wants to write a story on that. Although I think it's grossly overused by certain bloggers and things of that nature, but it's it's relevant for some. Yeah, it's uh, so essentially the wire service is kind of they. They sort of harken back to a different era. Um, they are sort of a, they've they've tried to update and modernize, but ultimately, they're sort of a middle player. Um, the 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 role that they used to play was as gatekeepers. So, um, and in some cases, they won't publish your press release. There are some situations in which some they won't just take your money to publish a release. In some cases, some some of them won't, um, because they had sort of a gatekeeping function, and so that. That is some of why they're still around. Um, it was, uh, I mean, if you think back to the days when wire services started in terms of technology, it was before we had what we have now, which is instant access online all the time to anyone and everyone that we might need to access. So that was part of it. Um, for a while, uh, as, as SEO uh, rose in importance in people's eyes, they tried to position themselves as a way to buy uh, essentially backlinks. Um, and, you know, depends on who you get as a sales rep. Some of them may still try to hint that there's value there, which is something I keenly watch for whenever I'm in a sales pitch. Um, most of them, if you look at the, at the new, at the wire services, they, they know that that model of distributing news is not long for this world because it doesn't, it's been supplanted by so many other things. Um, and so they've made, they do other things basically, they've, and they've made a ton of acquisitions and you've seen a lot of consolidation in that marketplace to the point where the, the, um, the uh, I believe it's the FCC or the FTC might be looking at it in terms of um, too much consolidation and, and potential monopoly. But they also offer services like databases of journalists so you can help mm. them pitch lists um, and other things like that, a bit of research, a bit of analytics, but they're, and they're starting to play in other areas. Yeah, which, but I think they, it's kind of, they're in that evolve or die phase right now, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because then we look at other tools like uh, um, SparkToro, uh, right? Rand Fishkin's uh, tool, SparkToro kind of does the same thing, right? In the sense that, hey, I want to go, and, and, and as that database grows, it will become more and more um, 
beneficial and, and valuable in the sense of I have this topic. This is what I'm looking to. These are the types of people I'm looking to reach. The people that are covering this type of story. The people that are talking about this subject. That type of thing. So it's it's rather than put it out across the wire, it's kind of like um, digital advertising should be done. Uh, right. So it's it's like a really really well done um, search marketing and really well done display and, and social advertising is the sense that I know who my audience is. Instead of going after the masses and blasting it out there, I really should hone in on who my key target audience is, where they're located, the type of messaging that they want to receive, that type of thing, and really personalize it as much as possible. PR Newswire, The Wire, as you as you put it, doesn't do that, still doesn't right. do that. But And I think also, too, the other, the other side of it is there's this there's this notion and and it's grown um, that that people trust search more. Um, I, I want to say this uh, when it when it have was it 20, 2013? no twenty sixteen I can't remember where where uh, we saw you know social was always on the rise right social social mm-hmm. social for top referrals to sites and then we saw that flip flop I want to say it was twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, when search finally flipped that background and surpassed what was happening with, with um, uh, the trends in, in social for a number of years. Uh, that's not due to algorithm updates. That's not due oh. to um, you know speed and databases. That has everything to do with uh, human, the human factor, I call it human nature and the human side of search is that we started to trust Facebook less. We started to trust Twitter less. We started, you know, that type of thing. Um, and, and it's interesting while most people, at least Americans anyways, maybe not, they don't trust Google entirely. There's some, some data I read. Uh, I want to say, yeah, it goes, it's 2021, pretty relevant. March search engine journal did one, you know, 65.7. So call it 66% of people trust Google more than um, social media. Not surprising. And, yeah, and the I mean, news and news. New, uh, I should say that's the whole premise of this, right? Is there, you know, we talk mm-hmm. about journalism and PR, like they're trusting search. So, so yeah, where do you want, technically speaking, where would you want your story? If you were to approach it tomorrow, where would you right. want a story to hit first? If you were doing a product or a service launch that required what a, a typical approach of, oh, let's write a press release on it. Let's get it out there. Where would you, with your background, want that to be available first? That's a, yeah, that's a great question. And it, I would say um, it depends entirely on the product or service. And that, like, that's why newswires work great for Ford and Coca-Cola. They don't work well for niche brands. They don't work as well for, um, and, you know, anyone with a specialized audience. Therefore, the, you know, the default uh, sort of in any category, that's where they sort of shine. Um, and it, it's, it's going to depend entirely uh, on um, where we feel the best audience is um, about this product or service. Um, that's, that's where I'm going to want to prioritize our time and effort. And in some cases, it may even be, we want that site on our, that content on our own site, because in a lot of cases, there may not be a, a vibrant industry publication, or there may no longer be 
a vibrant industry media sector, or there may not be great influencers in your category. Just think of the, the amazing wealth of products and services we have nowadays. There just may not be a, a product or service category with influencers that fit. So in some cases, your own site and then your efforts to uh, help connect your service or products to users through search, through solving their problems, answering their questions, or through some really uh, high, highly targeted ad campaigns, whether it's on search or social, that's gonna, you know, that's gonna be the way to get there. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and you couldn't, you can't even begin that conversation without knowing at its core, the brand and the product and the service um, and, and have some background on the audience. It's, it's a question that you know, would have been a lot easier to answer 20, 30 years ago. And nowadays, if you can quickly answer it and you don't know anything about the brand, you're probably getting it wrong. Yeah, it's something yeah. you need to have some deep level of understanding about um, the space that you're in to be able to operate effectively. Yep. No, I think that's I think that's a <clears throat> a solid approach to it. Much as um, you know, search is really difficult to do for startups in some in some industries. So so anytime you know a new product launches or a new service launches, and everybody says, "Oh, we need we need SEO, and then we need PR, and then we." You know, my my first reaction is, yeah, maybe you don't need SEO first, but what you do need is to make sure that information is on your site, but you really need to generate some awareness through different stories and, and different opportunities with PR. Um, and it's not that I don't, as a search, as you know, as a search marketer, it's not that I don't want to, you know, charge for services and consult on that. I absolutely would want to, but it's really not the it isn't necessarily the right way to go about it because if you don't to your point if you don't have an audience yet or you don't really know who that audience is because let's be real there's a lot of startups I actually spoke of one this morning when you're working on things that are two and three years down the road people don't even you're you're doing you're you're developing products you're developing services that people don't even know they need yet which means they don't even know how to search for that yet. So, exactly. so how is it as an SEO, you're supposed to develop a really succinct strategy and, and rank for the air quotes unknown. Right. And that, that, that isn't a fault. That's not a fault to us, to our team at all. That's me being absolutely real, pulling the, pulling the wool off of people's eyes and saying, guys, in a lot of situations, you can't rank for the unknown. Now, can we develop build-up strategies and things like that around it, and and kind of be planning when search is going to have its part in a go-to in a go-to market strategy, etc.? Absolutely. But I, I guess I kind of feel like that's 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 absolutely where PR and SEO should be working together. SEOs stop selling SEO at that level for the unknown. <sighs> And PR people stop just generating a press release. Right. I guess yeah. that's my, my, my rant. My rant yeah, is it's over. A, it's the known unknowns, right? It's right, the, right, the, right. The, uh, you right. Know, the unknown knowns. Um, yeah, it's, you can certainly, and, and it is, it's the, all of these are, I mean, every situation is an opportunity for the whole team to get together, mm -hmm. um, all parts of an organization, because uh, nothing is as effective as when all the parts of the organization are pulling in the same direction. Um, and they all have, you know, just by the, the larger the organization, the more important it is for there to be uh, sort of a cross-functional approach because 
everyone has insight. Everyone mm -hmm. has a piece of the puzzle. Uh, no one controls everything that's important to make this successful. And so there needs to be a lot of cooperation and collaboration to make any of this successful. Um, and that's something that, you know, hopefully as, as communicators, we can help be that bridge and help, you know, um, introduce that convert, you know, start that conversation within an organization. Fortunately, um, you know, smaller organizations have an easier time of that. Usually their, con their concern is crunch of time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, there are certainly things you can do, but you want to make sure that they're done. Uh, you could do things before, before something becomes a thing. Um, but you want to make sure that it's done in concert with all of the other, uh, you know, faces of the company uh, to make sure that you're all aligned so that it'll be successful when things do hit. That's good. All right. In closing, give me your, give me an outlook on where you think um, <clears throat> PR in the digital sense is headed or should be headed, you know, in the, in the, in the next year here with everything going on. Sure. Yeah. I think what we've seen because of the pandemic is it's accelerated a lot of trends that were already in play. So unfortunately, uh, that means accelerating the trend of declining um, newsroom staff. Um, it, it, that's going to only continue. There hasn't mm -hmm. been any sort of, we haven't solved that monetization problem yet of how to monetize the news or at yeah. least monetize it for uh, the, the financial interests that hold news outlets. So what we're going to see is a, is a place where brands uh, and their PR people are going to need to produce their own content, either because a space doesn't exist for the pitch yet, or because it's too competitive, um, or because the, the credibility is not there in the traditional uh, holders of influence. So I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be incumbent on, on the PR industry as a whole to start doing more of its own content, do more brand journalism. Um, and there's a lot of people that are old school journalists that that's an icky term for. Um, I think there's a way to do it right. And I think there's a there's a, a way to imbue your campaigns with authenticity and honesty uh, because mm -hmm. that's makes business sense now, didn't used to, but now everybody can find everything out. Yeah. So I think that's what it's gonna be. It's gonna, we're gonna be doing more content creation. We're gonna be shifting more budgets into digital advertising. Uh, that's another trend that's been happening for some time. Um, and as the, as those, it's, it's like, you can watch the, as the, the, the newsroom staff goes down, the, the need for advertising goes up mm -hmm. and where that advertising is, uh, the mix depends. Yeah. Uh, but ideally you should have a good, uh, you know, understanding of your audience and know where those levers are or have a plan to test. So yeah, yeah I, 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 I would agree with that. I think, I think that's some really good insight and it's also a testament to running things as a, as a truly integrated approach. Um, and, and I don't mean that, uh, to take away from, from those who are integrated, uh, communications firms, which, which most, I, mm -hmm. I would hope anymore, most PR comms firms are, but, but how much of, how much of the digital ads uh, or digital advertising side of it is very disjointed from right. the, the messaging that's being put out and, and are we consulting, um, you know, are the content marketing, uh, uh the content efforts, um, are they optimized? Uh, yep. you know, are we, are we just generating a topic to generate a topic that nobody's going to read about? Nobody's going to find. 
And, and are we advertising on the same matter? Are we using any of the advertising data to help drive content? Um, you know, because all of those things should be talking and should, and, and all of those people should be meeting regularly, especially if you have a brand that, that you're really trying to get growing or has the potential to grow. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, good, a good point. Just one, uh, one other kind of caveat, the idea that the ads are for awareness, that's great. But if the a page or asset or resource you send people to doesn't deliver on the promise of the ad, you're going to get dinged for it. Right. And, and it's a, it's another great example of how these structural elements of digital technology are forcing us to be better um, at, at our content and better at our approach, because it all has to be in line. It's 100%. not just like you run the ads and they're disconnected from everything. Right. Else. They're very connected to everything. Correct. They need to be tied into your messaging. They need to be tied into your PR and they should all work in concert. Um, because there you're going to be graded on what you send people to. No, so. really great. Okay. Last, last question. And then we're going to close this, this segment out. Do you believe, or don't you believe, do you believe that skills as it relates to, uh, communications, marketing, all that stuff. Do you feel that that, that, that stuff is going to be more generalized or is it going to become more specialized as we, as we move forward? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, I honestly think it will go in both directions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, yeah, gosh, it's, it's like some disciplines you absolutely need specialty. I think, I think there's equal opportunities for both parts, um, because you can't know everything. So you need to have a combination of people. I honestly think that it'll sort of continue the way it has, has gone, um, because, you need, you can't expect every PR person or every even digital marketer or, or strategist to know SEO and know enough to be really successful at it. So there's always going to be a place for specialists. Same with coding. You can't know every programming language. You're going to need to, you'll know a few um, and, and there will be, you know, certain areas that are a better fit for your skills and certain that are others, right. but you also do need generalists to help connect lay people to the specialists and help be that bridge. And it's all about communication and relationships. You also need, I mean, in terms of a, you know, a personnel and staffing and how organizations function, you also need people who are good at uh, project management, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and that might be, that's even really a specialty now. Yeah. So you need, you need, you'll need this combination of people that sort of know enough to be dangerous and can help get the parties that need to be talking, talking. Um, because we still haven't, you know, we're not able to like Vulcan mind meld and communicate that way <laughs> yet. Yeah. Um, so we still need a lot of um, communication internally in organizations. That's still a huge uh, pain point for a lot of organizations is internal communications to say nothing of external communications. Mm-hmm. So I think there's an opportunity for both. There's an opportunity for generalists and an opportunity for uh, specialists. Awesome. Cool. Thank you for, uh, thanks for the feedback on that. Great great conversation. I think we covered a lot. So um, definitely uh, kind of rounding things out, closing, closing this episode up, you know, be thinking about how, uh, you know, really digital communications is clearly, or communications in general, I should say, has clearly evolved over the last, oh my gosh, 10 years, five years, just as search continues to evolve. It's, it's not, neither of these are dead. PR is not dead. Search is not dead. Even though you're going to see the annual article written about that, it hasn't. It's it's not. It's continuing to evolve, and and good PR folks are going to grab hold of that and and understand that 
that search can play a very good good role in that, it, as well as really good search people are going to grab hold of the fact that that might be a PR opportunity or that's that's uh, an opportunity to generate awareness. Um, so so definitely cool. Well, thank you for joining me on this episode. But my and, pleasure, uh, Jason. Thank you. And uh, look forward to uh, recording more with Derek and, and the rest of the team here uh, as we start to spool up more of the Redirect podcast. So until next time, good luck. This has been the Redirect podcast. Check out the show notes at blacktruckmedia.com and add us on iTunes and Stitcher.